guys, we're back with another episode of Rach Talk, and today I'm going to talk about my new obsession. It's the movie Encanto. Complaining about my kids and talking about other people's opinions and how we can let go of them. Okay, I have a whole list of things that I want to talk to you guys about because it's been a hot minute since we've hung out together in this format. And the first thing I want to talk about is can someone explain to me what is my children's issue with wearing a coat when it's cold? Now, I remember, the thing is, I remember being in like sixth grade or or junior high, and I also didn't want to wear a coat because, first of all, the coat that my parents got me was so lame. I We didn't have money, and it was, oh, my word. Like, I always had a hand-me-down, but then this, like, one time my mom wanted to buy me a coat, and she, like, went to, like, I mean, who even knows? It was probably, like, a, a Sears situation or Got Shocks. Extra savings during Big G days at Got Shocks. And she gets me this coat that looks like a, what you would dress a Victorian doll in and was like, here's your winter coat. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, now I got to wear this to school when every other kid had the Adidas jacket with like the three stripes and I was never going to be that cool. That's not the point. The point is I remember not wanting to wear a coat, but you know what? I did because I wasn't dumb. Because it was freaking cold where I grew up and I didn't want to catch hypothermia. My children, they no concern for that. 30 degrees outside, my 15-year-old rolls downstairs in some shorts, okay? And, like, if I insist upon it, they'll take a hoodie or something. But, like, what is the – why do you think it's uncool for people to know that you're cold? Can someone th- – Like, why are kids that age wearing shorts in the winter? I've seen that. Oh, oh my elements with shorts. Why my son and his friends wear shorts in January? I mean, like genuinely, because I know that we do have some teenagers and middle school who, middle schoolers who watch this on YouTube. Will you tell me? Will you clue us in? Like, if you literally, if you're this person and you, it's cold and winter time, but you won't wear a coat to school. Will you just explain to me why? Is it uncool to be cold? What is your? I don't get it. And now Noah has it. Her coat's over. She didn't want to take it today because brothers aren't wearing a coat. So why does she have to wear a coat? Oh my word. I don't get it. It's winter time. It's freezing. I want to wear a sleeping bag out in the world. Cover your arms. Cover your forearms. What are you doing? And let's get some pants on. Maybe some long johns. I don't know. I just, we're not trying to catch a cold, guys. Also, we have to talk about Encanto. Have you seen it, Nicole? Oh, Jack, have you seen it? Jack, do you like Disney movies? Do you like joy? Do you like magic? Do you like things that are heartwarming? Do you have Disney Plus? Oh, I did. Oh, my. Guys, have you seen Encanto? I've seen Encanto 25 times. It came out on Christmas Eve, Jack, in case you're wondering how many times it's taken me in six weeks to see Encanto. Beloved, a masterpiece, joyful, happy, heartwarming, family-oriented, funny, a celebration of culture, and all the music is by one of my dream best friends, Lin-Manuel Miranda. LMM is what we call him in our inner circle. Um, We don't, there's no inner circle and nobody calls him that. It's so good. 
And not only is it so good, you will weep, weep. And I have footage, Jack. I know, I know, because I, so I saw it with my kids. I saw it in the theater. I loved it. We watched it again over Christmas. And then for New Year's, I went with my boyfriend to England and I was hanging out with his mom and his sister and his niece and nephew. And I was like, have you guys seen this? And they hadn't. So I was like, we have to watch this movie. Well, um, if you're only meeting someone for the second time ever and, you know, English people, they're a little bit more like official than we are. And um, I was hysterically crying. And it was like the sixth time I had seen this movie. I was hysterically crying. And his whole family is looking at me like, what is wrong with this person? <laughs> no way. If I'm not going to spoil it, but um, the scene that kills me is, well, there's two. One, which I can't say because that will spoil it. And two, at the, at the end. I can't say what it is, but when, okay, I'm just going to speak in code for those of us who have seen this magic, so I don't spoil it for everybody else. Everybody in the family has one of these things, and then it, um, oh, I can't, because everyone's going to, I'm going to spoil it. Just the end, okay? The end, you guys. Oh, my God. Also, how good is the music in that? I know every word. I can perform it. You don't want Okay, fine, Jack. Fine, I'll perform it. Okay, fine. The number one song in this movie is a song called Surface Pressure. Um, I felt like someone was um, writing, like I felt like Lynn had found my journal and was like processing my emotions but giving it to an animated um, bodybuilder. This is making me so happy. Oh, man. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm the strong Oh, of the earth is. Can we, I'm sorry, can we just, just, can you just um, let me have this moment real quick, Jack? Um, so I am on, I've been writing songs. I know, you'll hear more about that later. It's a whole thing, okay? It's just a thing, it's a little side hobby I'm working on. Don't worry about it, it doesn't matter, it's a thing for me. But in learning how to write songs, because I wanted to learn how to write in a new genre, I thought it would be challenging, and it is, and... Am I going to write country music? You know I am. doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is, in learning how to write lyrics with actual professional musicians, I now can hear things in songs that I hadn't heard before. And this isn't typical, like, a music moment, but it's so good, and I just want us all to hear it real quick, because I'm just... Right now, you could put a graphic that's, like, super nerding out over Lin-Manuel Miranda. So let me just set the scene, Jack. Um, it... She's a bodybuilder, like it's a thing. She has superhuman strength, but she's like feeling a lot of pressure from the, you know, being the strong one in her family. I want you to catch this. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. The breath. The breath. By taking a breath, like there's a whole statement in her being like, <sighs> honestly, I like, obsessed over this song and I'm like, I'm gonna write a musical someday. I've just decided everybody. Not now, like maybe in my 40s, but 
Hear the breath, Jack? She's stressed. Okay. I know you can only play like 10 seconds of that song or we get in trouble with YouTube, but oh, so good. So anyway, if you need to cry, if you need to laugh, if you need your heart to explode, if you need any of it, Encanto, it is on Disney+. Plus. This is not an ad, but if the Disney Corporation would like to sponsor me, we would love to have you. We'll do anything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if you could animate me, Jack, and like make me Minnie Mouse when I say that, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm sure you won't get sued at all. You know what I Googled the other day? Swear. I literally Googled, can anyone be trained to sing? Well, like, the, we're humans. We can, like, figure out anything. And forever I've been like, oh, if I could sing, then I'd really be, but I can't sing. And then the other day I was like, is that a limiting belief? <laughs> could I? Now, I don't think I could ever sing like Beyonce, but could I learn to sing in tune? Question mark? Question mark? In order for my songwriting to be better, I am going to learn how to play guitar, Jack. Mm -hmm. All right. So... How would we describe this? Sometimes people send in mail to me, which I'm sure there is a P.O. box or something. I don't know how you send it, but I know that people do. And this was uh, something that Molly, whoever Molly is, Molly sent this to me and I'm opening it. Also, while I'm getting this package open, um, I do wanna make sure that you know about the podcast hotline. I'm gonna post it below, we're gonna put the number here, but it's where people call in and ask me questions, tell me a great story, and a lot of times I do new podcast episodes about the questions that I got from y'all on hotline. So if you have anything, please don't just ask the questions in the comments, call in so I can make a whole podcast episode about it. Okay, I have to tell you, this is so effing funny. Okay. <laughs> um, about six years ago, uh, we got a, a gift basket in uh, for Christmas. My ex-husband got a gift basket for Christmas, and in that gift basket was this smoked salmon. And we had this whole family joke that, like... Sorry, we're not salmon people, but we're like, who would want smoked salmon? There was like wine and crackers and chocolate, all these amazing things, and then smoked salmon. We were like, that is disgusting. Who would want that? And then as a joke, on Christmas morning, I wrapped up this smoked salmon in this beautiful package, and it was under the tree for my sister. So she's opening this box, and it's so beautiful, and she opens it up, and inside is this container of smoked salmon. Uh, honestly, this was so six years ago. Um, for six years, my sister and I have been sneaking this to each other. So I've had her husband like put it in their bed. So when she got in at night, like her feet hit it. Um, she's had it shipped to other countries for me to open. Like we have gotten so creative with this smoked salmon. And just the other day I was like, I wonder if Melody lost the smoked salmon. Like I haven't seen it in so long. Okay, this is freaking hilarious. Also, it expired in 2017. So whatever we do, we're never gonna open 
whatever isn't, we're never opening this. It would be terrible. But that was well played, everybody. That was well played. If you wanna send something into the show so that I can do an unboxing, an ungifting, whatever it's called, I really am partial to diamonds and Levi's, um, but kind of open to whatever, especially if you think it's funny, would be entertaining to other people watching, and we'll post the P.O. box below if you guys wanna send it in. So I have had the honor of working with women all over the world for the last 10 years, whether that was in a blog or the books that I wrote, the podcasts that I've done. And it means that I sort of have a front row seat to some of the biggest issues that women face, right? Motherhood and postpartum depression and issues with body image. But if you ask me the number one thing that negatively impacts women and keeps them from living the life of their dreams, that keeps them from elevating their experience, that keeps them from achieving anything or daring greatly, as Brene Brown would say, the number one thing is a fear of what other people will think of them if they try. Or more specifically, a fear of what other people will think of them if they try and fail. And I think most of us have examples of this in our life where, you know, we would write the book if only, we would try and do a podcast, we would start the business, we would go ask that girl out, we would, we would, we would, except we have this narrative in the back of our mind that tells us that something bad is going to happen if we fail. So recently I did a two-part series on the podcast about how to stop caring what other people think. Seems kind of crazy, but you actually can. You can practice the habit to let go of the perceptions and the opinions of other people. And if you want to listen to that episode or watch it here on YouTube, it starts with episode 236. In part one, we talk about what it feels like to go through this process internally. And then in part two, we talk about what it feels like to go through this process externally with the opinions of other people around you. And if you wanna experience that podcast yourself, you're in luck. Stick around because I've got a bonus segment coming up for you next. You can give it a listen, and if it feels like it's something that you need to take a deeper dive on, you can head on back to the original episode and consume the whole thing. Okay, guys, that is today's episode of Rach Talk here on the Rachel Hollis podcast. If you want to watch this in video form, check it out on my YouTube channel. And no matter where you're getting this, I hope you will consider subscribing so you get a notification every time we post something new. I mean, I guess we should start a conversation with why this matters. Why does it matter that... Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, why does it matter if someone else doesn't like you? Or why does it matter if you care what other people think? I feel like if you have to ask that question, it's because you don't care what other people think. Because most of the people that I know who struggle with this, it creates almost debilitating anxiety. In fact, when I've done conferences or coaching or different things and I'm talking to women about anxiety, if we unpack it deeply enough, the anxiousness 
usually is about a fear of what other people think of them. It's a fear that they're a bad mom. And then I'm like, okay, well, are you act? Can we unpack it? Like, are you actually worried you're failing as a mom? Or are you worried that other moms are judging how you're mothering? Like, are you worried about how you look really? Or are you worried that other people think you look wrong? Like, if we unpack it, so often anxiety for women has a root in what they think they should be doing. It's like that old joke, like stop shooting all over yourself. There is no one way to be you. There is no one way to be a human. There is like, there's just this journey that you have and this life that you're blessed enough to get to live. And along the way, you're gonna make great choices. You're gonna make stupid choices. You're going to have painful seasons and growth seasons and like exciting seasons. It's all part of it. And this life is long. You're not meant to show up as one version of yourself. You're meant to grow and evolve and you will never reach the fullness of who you're supposed to be as a human being if you can't allow yourself to stretch. And stretching sometimes means that you get it wrong, sometimes means that you fall flat on your face, or sometimes means that you're actually, you don't really fail, but you are doing something that other people actively dislike. So when you ask, why does it even matter? It matters because so many people are being held back from the greatness that is inside of them and greatness that is determined by you. Like your greatness could be that you are going to be the the best second grade teacher in all of Omaha. Your greatness could be that you're going to be the world's greatest stay-at-home dad. Or maybe it's that you're going to be a billionaire CEO and like build a rocket to the moon before that Tesla guy does it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what greatness is to you, but I guarantee you that if you don't allow yourself to explore that out of fear of being judged for being different, you're never going to know what might have been. And I worry about this with women especially because we're taught to stay in line. We're taught to play a certain role. We're taught that we have a job. Okay, not all of us. God bless. Some of you definitely grew up with parents who raised you differently. But I was raised with the perspective that the goal for my life was to be some, was to be like a good man's wife and to have kids and be a good mama. That was the goal. And that's beautiful. I am so grateful for the time that I was married. I'm so grateful for my kids. They are the best thing that has ever happened or will ever happen in my life. But that's not the wholeness of me. That's not the fullness of me. There's so many parts that get lost if I don't push against the boundaries and the narratives that were given to me from childhood. So that's why it matters. It matters because you deserve the freedom to live your life without caring what other people think about you living your life. And just imagine for a moment, what would it feel like for you if just never again for the rest of your life if you never ever cared again what anyone thought of you. 
You didn't care what they thought about your outfit. You didn't care what they thought about your job. You didn't care if they were judging you for having those fries or for trying to run a half marathon or for being a working parent or for going to college, for not going to college. Like, just imagine if for the rest of your life, you could just free up that whole psychic energy in your brain I don't mean psychic like you could see the future but I mean psychic like the psychic energy of you releasing this oppression on your life imagine the space you'd have in your brain like maybe you would be a rocket scientist maybe you would write the great American novel like who even knows what you're capable of because you spend so much damn time worried that you're a size 14 and you should be a size two. Like, oh my God, you, you don't even know what you're capable of because you spend so much time with this. So that's why we're exploring this topic. And I do think that just like yoga or learning guitar or anything else, this is a practice. This is not something that you flip a switch and all of a sudden you're not ever going to worry about it anymore. But it is something that every single day you can start retraining your brain and recalibrating your brain to stop obsessing over other people's opinions. There are parts of the process of letting go of what other people think of you that are about other people and then there are parts of it that are about you and this conversation this episode is all about other people next time we're going to talk about you and what you need to do to work inside yourself but where I want to start is with the conversation around when the feedback that you're getting is actually something that is there to help you grow and when that feedback is BS and you shouldn't listen to it and it doesn't matter. And I want to start here because it would be really easy for me to hype you up and tell you, you know, screw everybody and nobody else matters and, you know, no, what they blah, 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 blah. That's really easy. And I think to some extent that is true a lot, but not always. Sometimes the feedback that we get, even if it's deeply painful and hard to hear, is something that we need to hear. When I went through everything in April and got so much negative feedback and had to dive deep into understanding white privilege and what that meant and how I was being perceived out in the world and all of those parts, like that was so awful and hard and it would be really easy for me to tell myself stories or to put my head in the sand or to say like well I didn't mean to hurt people's feelings and so but that's not that doesn't help me to grow that doesn't help my evolutionary process and in your own life when you encounter feedback that's painful it is really helpful to just ask is there any truth here is there anything that I actually do need to learn from this process? Because sometimes, even if it's hard to hear, that learning, those painful things that we actually don't want to navigate through, that is how we become the best version of ourselves. That is worth its price in gold because you couldn't have got to that version of yourself any other way. You couldn't have learned those things if you hadn't had to go through the really hard stuff. You couldn't have grown as a human being if you didn't own up to your mistakes and apologize and learn to do better and keep going. So 
it is really important to just ask yourself, to gut check yourself, is there value here? I think that we as individuals are not always a good judge of whether or not something has value for us because we tend to be very hard on ourselves. So it's really easy if you get negative feedback to be like, yes, you're right, I'm a piece of crap, I suck, I should give up, I should not keep trying, I should blah, 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 blah. We're too hard on ourselves, so it's too easy to go there. Where I think there's incredible value in going through something where you're getting negative feedback is a close circle, whether that's a single confidant, a mentor that you trust, um, a close group of friends, other people that you can speak to to get their perspective because I was really blessed in going through what I did where I have this incredible community. I have this really group. I have this really amazing group of girlfriends who can hold me accountable. So two examples of this are saying something stupid on the internet and everything that happened in April and having girlfriends who are like, yeah, that was stupid. And we know you and we know your heart and we know you didn't mean it, but that doesn't mean it didn't hurt. That doesn't mean it didn't hurt the wider community. That doesn't mean it didn't hurt us as your friends or embarrass us as your friends. It it still happened. And so they were beautiful in that season to stand with me and also help me learn and help me grow, but do it through truth and holding a mirror up and challenging me in ways that were painful but so good now let's just real quick talk about the flip side because my instinct for you is that 20 percent of the time the feedback is actually stuff that you need to hear to grow 80 percent of the time the negative feedback is just bs it is because most of the time Negative feedback from other people about what you're doing, what you're living, what you're wearing, what you believe, who you love, any of it, never comes from people who have experience in the thing you're trying to do. It's like, how many times have you seen people who are, let's say, trying to build their own business? They're entrepreneurs, they're small business owners, they're hustling, they got a side hustle, they're doing their thing, and the people who crap all over them, how often have you seen like a really successful entrepreneur turn around and crap all over other people who are trying to be entrepreneurs? Very rarely. In fact, if you're seeing that, that person's just a jerk. It's not based on any factual knowledge because people who have achieved more than you have will never judge you for wanting more. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Those who have achieved more than you have in the area you're trying to grow, health and fitness, um, exercise, running, your relationship, your business, uh, getting out of debt, going back to school, the people who've succeeded in those areas will never judge you for wanting to grow in the same area that they themselves grew in. Number one, because they're like, hell yeah, that's my, you're, you're my people, you're my community, you're trying to do the same thing. And also, they know how hard it is. So they're not going to judge you for trying, for failing, for going again, because they know what it takes to get to where they are. So if the people who've done what you want to do are not judging you, that means the people who judge you are the ones that have no 
business talking to you about that area of your life. No freaking business. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.